Welcome back to the After Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Francisco. Co-host today, I have Daniel March, and we are joined with Brandon Hunt, the founder of The Bourbon Charity. What's going on, man? Hey, not much, man. What's happening? Nothing much. Just uh, got done with a long day of work, and now we're here, and hopefully uh, tomorrow we'll see some good basketball games. Oh, I cannot wait. March Madness is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, I can imagine. I actually saw on your website, uh, just before we got on this podcast, you guys are doing, uh, what was it, like a bourbon bracket? Yeah, uh, brackets for bourbon is what we're, we're calling it. We're doing a kind of just an ESPN uh, College Hoops uh, March Madness League and 25 bucks a bracket and looking to build a, a water project with Charity Water somewhere probably in Ethiopia. And we've already surpassed uh, our goal of 12,000. I think we're up to you know, seventeen or eighteen thousand here. So yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we have over five hundred people that's uh, that have uh, joined in to the bracket. I think it's one of the biggest brackets on ESPN. My uh, buddy was telling me. So pretty cool. Jesus, really cool. Who do you got winning? I got Michigan. I'm a Big Ten guy. Uh, the, the Wolverines just they're top to bottom. They play defense. It's just good chemistry. So um, that's who I got. How about you guys? Let's go. First off, like I said uh, before we started the podcast, I'm from Detroit, so big U of M guy. Um, glad to glad to hear that you're supporting the troops. Um, <laughs> obviously, that being said, I gotta take Michigan too, right? Like, can't not. Nah, I mean, I got Kansas. I mean, <laughs> so me, I'm not super into college basketball unless it's uh, University of Toledo, big Toledo Rockets fanatic. But outside of that, don't really pay too much attention. So, I mean. Kansas had a pretty good looking number and I usually I think they're usually they do pretty good. And yeah. They got a cool looking bird, so you know, can't <laughs> go wrong with that. There you go. <laughs> Taking your team based on like the ferocity of the the logo and the mascot. Like Yeah, I mean, uh, can't go wrong with that. I mean That's you cool. can. Um I've never made it past the fifty percentile, but here we are. <laughs> Hey, well, the good thing in our bracket, we got random uh, kind of prop bets worth worst brackets, kind of get, a, you know, some merch and uh, we'll have, you know, fun stuff. Even if your bracket gets busted, you you can still uh, you can w- still win some good merch and some good bourbon. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, let's just jump on into it. So you're the founder. And um, well, when was this created and how did it come about? Uh, so we're right now, right out uh, two years since I found it. Started in uh, beginning of 2019. Kind of just started. I was actually playing ping pong at my office and um, have a little bourbon bar at, at the office. And you know, at the time, my dad was going through prostate cancer, and it turned out to be a little more serious than just getting his prostate removed. He was kind of fighting for his life for about a month. Lucky, luckily that uh, he's strong and he survived. But when I was going through that and I was playing ping pong, I was like, you know what? I really, you know, I gotten to a point in my life where I had some extra time. And I was like, you know, I really want to, you know, give back and support, you know, what my father's going through and, um, you know, not just write a check. I wanted to do something a little bit more impactful and see if there's other people like me that kind of like bourbon, like charity. And so I just donated my bourbon collection I had at the time and said, okay, let's, let's set up a 501c3 nonprofit and uh, see how much money we can raise with this bourbon and see if there's other people like me that, that enjoy uh, some bourbon and some charity. And it turned out to be a big hit. That is incredible. I mean, I I don't think you really could have picked a better community. Um, You said Mm -hmm. it like, you know, who doesn't like bourbon? Who doesn't like charity? And it, it seems like a really good cross section, just because everybody we've come across either in this podcast or just going to like local bars, distilleries, breweries. Um, it just seems like a really wholesome community that everyone has each other's backs and obviously supporting great causes. 
It is. I mean, and that's a great thing. It's it's kind of our our, our tagline. It's drink for a change. And a lot of these people is like, hey, you know what? If, if I'm going to drink some bourbon, I'm really into it. Why not drop, you know, 10, 25 bucks on potentially winning some pappy or some really highly allocated bourbon and, and you know, maybe, you know, uh, do a community kitchen uh, for a food bank or support, uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club or, 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 you know, any kind of children's hospitals that we do. So there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of uh, cross uh, marketing that our, 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 our demographic mm-hmm. really likes with, um, with the charity aspect tied into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, what was that original bourbon collection you donated? What was the, uh, <laughs> what was like for stakes there? It was the, the entire Pappy line. Uh, BTAC line and then just like, you know, Wellers and Old Fitz and Birthday Bourbon and, you know, all, all the goodies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seems like you've, uh, you're experienced in this realm. Yeah, you know, I've been, I'm from Kentuckyana originally growing up. So, you know, bourbon was in my backyard. So, you know, I was always sneaking a little bit here and there growing up and then coming back from, from college. And, uh, you know, my brother would always have a, a bottle of something new to try. So yeah, it was just kind of always in, in the DNA growing up in the Southern Indiana, Kentucky, Indiana area. Right on. Where'd you go to school? IU, Indiana University. Indiana University. Yeah. Our last guest that we just had on from Chicken Cock Whiskey. Um, he actually went there as well. Their master distiller, Greg uh, Snyder. So that's a, it must be a pretty great area. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good business school. We got uh, Cuban, uh, the cubes is, uh, uh, IU business school alum. So, uh, got that going for us. Yeah, absolutely. You're not just a one man operation at this point, right? You have a, you have a full team committed to the, the bourbon charity. We, we don't have any full-time staff. We do have one part-time helper. So yeah, it's mostly volunteer based, but we have a lot of different volunteers in different areas. So it's not, it's not just me. It's a, it's a quite a few different people, whether they specialize in doing the the, the barrel picks that we do or coordinating with some of the charities or answering some of the communications on social media. So yeah, we, we've got a, we've got a full team um, now after two years. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. And I believe in your first year, you guys raised over $500,000. Yeah. I think something like that. We're up over a million dollars now. I think we're at maybe 1.2 or so in the first two years. So it's, it's been quite the, the, the growth that we've had and we've really, been lucky to find great people that, that, that want to help out and been able to volunteer and make this thing grow. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the, one of the questions that I was wondering is like, where does like digital marketing and social media, um, fall into like your growth? Like, has that been a big part of how you guys have expanded? Totally. I mean, that's the one thing kind of about our organization. I mean, we never have had a actual, you know, physical in-person event. So we, we kind of, um, kind of the COVID has really helped, uh, helped our growth, I guess, in a lot of ways. It's helped us because we always, always had that social media online presence. And, you know, when I was starting it, you know, I wanted to be very methodical about like how the money was being raised. And, you know, a lot of people want to do charity events, but at the end of the day, after you pay the vendors and everyone else that, that has to get paid, there's just not much money going to charity. Um, so that's, what's really cool about kind of our model. It's all online. So like, 
you know, we're up to 92% of, of the funds we collect are going to the organizations we support. We, we think we'll be at 100% a nonprofit public donation charity in less than probably three months now. So just the amount of money that's actually going to the, the, the grants that we're making to the nonprofits is just huge. And it's just a great format and kind of that digital online marketing format is a lot. I think where charities are, are trying to go, obviously, in, mm-hmm. in this day and age, but um, they just weren't ready for it. So I think we probably kind of helped um, help them see kind of these sweepstakes and these different bingo nights and these different creative things that we're doing doing online social media that uh, they can take a you know a page out of the playbook on that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you've touched on it with COVID, right? So like people have been having a creative and they've been doing like uh, whiskey tastings at home. They've been doing like cocktail like classes virtually, but it seems like you guys were just uh, a little bit ahead of the curve and obviously COVID is unfortunate, but you guys were right. ready for it. So uh, glad to see that you guys had a positive impact there. Yeah. And you just, we, we felt it from, uh, you know, the nonprofits that we're supporting, you know, when the, reaching out to them is like, you know, how's your fundraising going guys? Uh, you know, what can we do? What can we share? So we were just seeing it from, from a lot of the, from, from the perspective of the other nonprofits we were supporting they were struggling. So it was, it was refreshing to, that to know that our audience was really helping in, in, in dire need time for a lot of these organizations. So for anybody that is listening right now, and so where, where can they find you on social media? What's your website? How can they donate? Sure. Uh, bourboncharity.org. You can find us on social at Bourbon Charity. So Bourbon Hood, you can learn more about Bourbon Hood at bourbonhood.org. Bourbon Hood is our, our monthly donation uh, membership base. And so they can donate anywhere from $10 to $100 a month. And they get perks uh, for being a Hood member. You get automatic entries into all of the fundraisers that we do, the five main fundraisers that we do. They also get to participate in our barrel picks and have exclusive sweepstakes and merchandise that we give away to Hood members. So just a little extra perks of being in the Hood. And Bourbon Hood is meant to be the heartbeat of the charity. It is what funds the operational aspect of the charity, the, the accounting, the inventory of buying, buying all the uh, allocated whiskey, um, running all the sweepstakes, processing everything. So they pay, uh, Bourbon Hood members pay for that. And so when we do all these awesome fundraisers, we can give, um, like I said, we're at 92% now, probably need about 150 more Bourbon Hood members and we'll be 100% public donation charity. And that's just because of the Bourbon Hood members making it happen. That is awesome. Have you ever considered doing like a, a Patreon or anything like that? So it's basically like that. Essentially, that's what it is. But yeah, so that's essentially where we're going with it and, and taking it as where, where we need that monthly uh, revenue to support the operational aspects so that when we do this stuff, we can donate, like I said, as much as possible to charity. And also Bourbon Hood members get a say in where the grants uh, are going the nonprofits that we're supporting? That's the cool thing about um, our nonprofit is made up by the community. Like I don't pick out these charities that we make the grants to. We um, we do a voting process at the end of the year. People that um, have donated to the charity get the vote on our core charities. That those are the eight charities that are we're fundamentally supporting. And then the Bourbon Hood members get to vote for the rest of the charities that we support throughout the year. So it's a it's another perk of saying, hey, you know what? I'm donating to this charity, and I get a say of where the money's 
uh, going, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, when you think of like nonprofit and like the that eight percent that you have to use to stay, you know, in operation. I guess I'm trying to think of the, the right way to phrase this, but like obviously other charities are at like eighty percent. Other others are mm-hmm. you know, closer to a hundred. What are some of those uh, funds that you know have to be taken out in order to keep the business alive? Oh gosh, uh, just I think. Uh... You know, I don't know what it will be for 2020 um, on the accounting because we're going to have a audited uh, 990 financials because we're raising so much money. It's just there is so much. Uh, I guess one thing I didn't know starting this, and I've started a lot of businesses before, but a nonprofit's totally different. It's totally a lot more costly to operate and do business. And that's, you know, obviously with all the regulation oversight, rightfully so. But I think our accounting uh, for last year will probably be north of 30000 just in accounting for CPAs and bookkeeping and all that. Yeah, I mean, we do, you know, when we do Facebook ads and social media ads, we probably spend twenty grand on that. I think last year in Bourbon, we spent maybe 80000 So there, there's, there's significant costs, you know, running websites, doing, you still get transaction fees for processing payment. We still have legal compliance and it's just, it, it adds up, you know, um, our operational budget we're probably looking at is probably for 2021, we estimated right around $170,000 to operate off of, but we also expect off that $170,000 operating budget to probably raise close to a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely, if we can, uh, you know, do eight or nine times um, cost, um, we're doing pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's incredible. Uh, when it comes down to all the different <clears throat> like perks and everything for, uh, the, the bourbon hood members, is there like any bestseller or like any ones that like is your personal favorite right now? It'll be, um, so if you signed up for bourbon hood, you could donate $10 a month and you get access to our next fundraiser. So our next one is the Bourbon Derby. So you automatically will get ticket entries to winning. Um, we'll have a lot of Blantons and OFC. It's sponsored by Woodford Reserve. I'm sure they'll throw in like one of those fancy mint julep cups or something like that. So uh, being a Bourbon Hood member will get you access into all those uh, those fundraisers that we do. I'll also get you access in. We do a drawing to see when we get a barrel to do a barrel pick if you get to participate in doing that. We're working with uh, different distilleries now to do kind of those private tastings, but do it just for Bourbon Hood members. Um, we're actually, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop this on you guys since we haven't even announced it yet, but um, on the 23rd of this month, in five days, will be our one-year anniversary of setting up Bourbon Hood. So I'm reaching deep into my bourbon collection and picking out some pretty darn nice bottles and it's just going to be a little surprise and it's only bourbon hood members can can get access to those bottles and i'll just randomly give them away to uh bourbon hood members so there's just little little things like that that are just nice little perks just just as a thank you for for like i said being the heartbeat of the the charity and and uh making this charity special for sure um i noticed you guys' merch on the website as well I mean, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking sweet to be honest. Um, everything from like the canter to the to the hats and the glasses. Um, I assume that like all of the the profit that you make that gets donated as well. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, who designed that? To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, so one of my boys out here, he's a he's wicked talented graphic design 
designer, uh, Park Street Studios. If you guys ever need any graphic design work, you look him up on Instagram. But he's just wicked talented. And, uh, you know, I have him do all our, you know, our logos. And anytime we do a barrel pick, he's he's always got, you know, a real sweet image. He can dial in for us, which is which is really cool. So, but yeah, the guy's wicked talented. Yeah, man. No kidding. Um, <laughs> and we were just looking at her like, damn, like that is pretty dope. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I need to buy this now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, you had previously mentioned the, um, the bourbon derby, which operates around the same time as the Kentucky Derby. And, um, you guys operate around like five main celebratory events throughout the years, throughout the year. Um, do you want to give our, our listeners a little rundown on what each of those are? Yeah, so we just got done uh, with the Valentine. Our first one of the year is our Valentine's Day Roses for Kids fundraiser, and so that was five different um, kids-based uh, nonprofit organizations that we supported. I think we ended up raising right around one hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars this this past uh, Valentine's Day for the kids, which was awesome. And then we uh, follow that up with our Bourbon Derby, which, as you mentioned, is the same time as the Kentucky Derby, sponsored by Woodford Reserve. And that'll support five Kentucky-based charities, since it's, you know, all about Kentucky. Um, We have, you know, a Humane Society. We have Norton's Children's Hospital. We have Dare to Care Food Bank there. So a lot of great uh, Kentucky-based organizations we're supporting with that. And then on Father's Day, we have our ultimate uh, bourbon fundraiser. This is the one that kind of kicked off everything with with my dad and when I when I started the organization. And uh, we're going to have that uh, sponsored this year by Bardstown Bourbon Company. And uh, we're just going to go all out. I'm, I mean, that's our big one. Um, I'm hoping we'll easily break one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars this year. Um, that'll have all the the pappy, the B tag, all all the all the high-end bourbon. And then we have our Labor Day fundraiser, and that's our military-based fundraiser. Uh, We'll be partnering up with Beam on that, uh, supporting the troops. And we'll have Fisher House, the USO, Pat Tillman Foundation, some great organizations, military-based to support. And then we'll uh, finish the year off with our um, Thanksgiving Day fundraiser. That's our bourbon giving. That's on Giving Tuesday. And we support uh, food banks. Um, so we'll support five different uh, food bank organizations um, at that time of year. And so that should, uh, that'll be it for uh, 2021. And then we'll, we'll do it all over again. Sounds like a pretty busy year. <laughs> no breaks in between. <laughs> you know, it, it actually worked out kind of nice because they're basically two months apart, uh, spaced out throughout the year. So, and they're kind of holiday and it's celebratory and it's bourbon and it just kind of, it feels, it, it kind of works, you know, it's just like, you know, Father's Day, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, grilling out and having a bourbon and, and, you know, it's just, it just goes. Oh, absolutely. Is yeah. there like a, a similar structure to creating a, um, to creating an event? Well, so yeah, what we've been adding just started actually on this last fundraiser on Valentine's Day, we added gaming units into the fundraiser as prizes. So we had an Xbox, we had the PS5, we had an Oculus, we had old school Nintendo. So we had different gaming units in with all the really, you know, we had OFC, we had, you know, all the Pappy in that one too. So um, we were adding other elements into the fundraiser. Um, The the, um, Bourbon Derby will be 
um, Yeti products. So we'll have the Yeti uh, coolers and camping gear. And then uh, Father's Day, we're going to add golf in. So we're getting these Titleist custom golf bags and just really cool different things that in each fundraiser, we're going to throw something else in there with bourbon to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome for sure. I mean, who I mean, <laughs> I'm a big gamer. So like you, you caught me at the Xboxes, to be honest. So. See, and that's what we're, we're trying to like, you know, obviously want to get more reach outside of just bourbon. And, you know, there's, there's and I heard that from some of my buddies and they're not bourbon. They just, you know, support the charity because it's, you know, it's me and and whatnot. But they're like, you know, you got me on this last one with with the, the, the gaming systems. Like <laughs> I can go for an Xbox or something. So so yeah, it kind of yeah. works with people that, you know, you know, oh, why not? Why not get in this one? Because it's a little different. Yeah, definitely. You you name drop some some pretty big uh, distilleries there. You got Beam, you got uh, Woodford Reserves. How do you come up with these partnerships? How do, how does that align? Ah, uh, well, again, it's just a luck. Luckily, we have some great people within our organization. Our um, our PR firm, Robo Marketing. Aaron is he's he's just the man. I wish he would uh, charge the chi- you know make the charity pay him a little bit more for his services. But he he likes to do a lot of stuff pro bono and hook us up on on great relationships where we can talk to some of these uh, distilleries, share our story, share where we're going. And I think for the distilleries, it's very compelling to them because if this is their target audience, this is, you know, if they want to partner with a, a, another nonprofit organization, let's say uh, Fisher House to support the military, well, they can do that with with Fisher House and Fisher House can, can market to their um they're, they're donor base, but they're not bourbon people. Like our people are bourbon people. So no, why not use our marketing, use our audience and support Fisher House through bourbon charity. We just want to be a platform where the most money can be raised for these organizations. And I think that's one thing compelling when we talk to these distilleries, it's like, Hey, you know, we have over now 12,000 people on our email donor list. These are people that love giving, they love bourbon. So it's just a great um, partnership relationships that we can form because it's the community that we're made up of. Yeah, absolutely. And you did mention Aaron Brost. I mean, I've worked with him on a couple projects now. Dude's dude's a rock star, right? Like he kills it. He's awesome. He kills it. I'm just like Aaron. Just just you know, he's like kind of my like Gandalf at times. Like I'm like <laughs> need a little advice on hey, what should we do and how should we do it? And he's always has great sound advice. So he's 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 a he's a great dude. I've asked him on a couple occasions. I try to get him on the podcast. He's he's uh he's more like a behind the scenes kind of guy, but man, like he's he's sweet. He's awesome. <laughs> for sure. I want to get him on. Do it. I'll see. I'll poke him a little bit for you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, Does he have a Gandalf impression? <laughs> he doesn't. He uh-huh. should though. <laughs> That's fine. That's you fine. shall not. <laughs> Um, have you had any other mentors along the way that have helped, uh, guide the, the ship here a little bit? You know, a lot of different people, uh, uh, an Instagram, Charles bourbon, man. I've had, um, other people locally in Facebook groups, um, you know, will, um, the, I, there's so many people I could just name drop that, that no one would know who that is, but there's, I mean, this organization, I think as you, as we talk a little bit more about it and hopefully you can learn more behind the curtain is it's made up of 
uh, amazing group of people that have really helped carry the ship. And it's not, it's been uh, just a wave that we've been able to ride just because of so many awesome people. And like you said, it's just, it's the community. You really couldn't pick a better niche of people that are so um, just down to earth, good people that want to do good and help other people. So it's, uh, there's a lot of people that, that make it happen. And, uh, you know, hopefully people that are listening to this, if you're, you're interested and want to want to drink for a change and, and, uh, you know, volunteer or help out in any way, just definitely look us up, um, go to bourboncherry.org and, you know, give me a call, shoot me an email and we'll, we'll see if there's uh, you know, we're looking for a lot of different relationships. We're still looking to expand our, our reach and uh, looking to collaborate in different ways. And I, it's kind of like with this March Madness thing we're doing right now. Like it was just like, Hey, you know what? Ho- college hoops is fun. Maybe we can turn this into like raising some money. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, if there's an idea that just seems like it might work and we can do a lot of good with it, let's, let's throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. For sure. So the the March Madness that's like brackets for basketball teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I was I was also thinking, what if you had like a bracket list of like bourbons, you know? Oh shoot! Right? If you had to like vote on them, uh huh. Yeah, to vote. We thought about doing that, but the whole coordinating um, was going to be a little bit more of a challenge. We thought about setting up, you know, and then and doing something like that, but. At the end of the day, it comes to like, whew, this is a big undertaking just to like try to get, you know, a thousand people into an ESPN bracket. So <laughs> let's not bite off more than we can chew. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to um, like all these individual events, uh, Dan touched on it a little bit earlier, but like how far in advance do you have to start prepping for the next one? You said there's like two months in between there. Some are a little bit different, you know, like when, when does the prep start? Is it a calendar year in advance? You know, now that we're on our going on our second year, it's just like any business. It, it gets a little bit easier. It gets there's some things that are a little bit more routine. We've done it before. We've got a calendar of events. We know what we're doing a little bit more now. So yeah, it gets a lot easier. Like I can put these sweepstakes together pretty fast. I mean, obviously we have to plan with inventory, and we have to obviously make connections with our our sponsors and plan that out. So we try uh, to have everything pretty much planned out you know, January 1st for the entire year, we don't really start marketing for the fundraisers until like maybe seven to 10 days beforehand. We just don't want to, you know, we don't need to start marketing for the, you know, the bourbon derby until it's, it's go time. Uh, we don't want to, you know, get lost in all the noise of starting to promote something that's, you know, a month away or so. Yeah, for sure. Um, also I probably should inform you on this, like, you know, a little bit before or maybe before we started recording. But um, this episode is going to be released uh, April 20th. So anybody that's listening now, uh, Bourbon, the uh, Bourbon Derby is literally like right around the corner. It's next yeah. week, I believe, when you're listening to this. Um, so, yes, now is the time to go check it out and uh, make sure to donate. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm you know, uh, I'm sure Woodford's going to throw in. Have you seen those uh, those mint julep cups that they have? Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Dude, they're so awesome. Um, they they sent one for last year or last year's um, Bourbon Derby it was in September um, because of COVID. But it just you never know, like holding a thousand dollar cup, like oh, this actually does feel like a thousand dollar cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it, it's pretty cool. So they'll send over some goodies. Um, we'll have some. We'll have an OFC. I think a 1994 OFC in there. There's some Pappy in there. A lot of good stuff. Some Yeti product merch in there. So definitely donate. Check it out. BourbonCharity.org. Absolutely. And uh, in between events, you guys hold like uh, virtual like bingo and other like small donation and uh, raffles, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've done uh, like like you said, bingo. That kind of when COVID first hit, we were like, well, you know, let's support James Beard Foundation, which is a lot of local, independent, small mom and pop restaurants and stuff. So we did um, a couple of different bingo events for them. I think we ended up raising one night just from bingo, like twenty five grand which was amazing. We had like, uh, I think, uh, one point like eight or 900 people on, uh, on a zoom party playing bingo. So <laughs> a lot of fun stuff, um, that we do just, just to be a little different and get out there. And like I said, be in the, in the moment, you know, if something comes up, um, you know, like COVID with, with supporting, uh, local small restaurants. So we had something come up where we did a fundraiser last minute for the Australian bushfires that happened. That was kind of, um, I think that was last um, January, 2019 in January that we ended up doing something there when we saw that happen. So yeah, just if something happens, uh, you know, we want to be, we want to be in the moment to be able to, to, to rally the troops and raise some money. Well, what is one thing that you wish you had known before you started a nonprofit charity? I knew it was going to cost more to run a nonprofit. I didn't know how much more it was going to cost to run a nonprofit. I think just the cost of being, you know, um, being able to solicit donations in every state. Like I didn't think we'd have to register in every state to to uh, solicit donations. But if you raise more than fifty thousand dollars, you have to do that. So that's a process. So I think it's just all the legalities involved in it. Um, were a little bit uh, more costly than I thought. I thought we could run, um, you know, at a smaller operational cost. But other than that, you know, when I first started uh, off with the charity, I was talking to a lawyer and she, she laughed at me. She's like, why are you doing this as a nonprofit? She's like, because I was telling her about my dad and I have this bourbon. I want to, you know, start a nonprofit to raise money for prostate cancer research. And she's like, you just, you should start up a regular business and then just donate the profits. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, you know what? People don't trust nonprofits. So you, she's like, you're going to have an uphill battle there. And she's like, it is a lot of work. And I'm like more work than running a business. She's like, uh, yes. <laughs> and, so, and that's what, what I try to tell a lot of people. Cause I get a lot of people ask me, he's like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a nonprofit or I had this and that. And it's like, okay, just so you know, you can do it, but there's no on and off switch. You know, it's like when you start out a business, it's like, how do you shut it down once it started? You know, now it's going, you have all these costs. So you, you want to see it through and, and starting nonprofits, no different. You just, if you're going to do it, you, you just need to, see it through. And, and once you get those costs involved of, of doing it, you might as well, once you get into it, you might as well finish it, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, definitely. And if you weren't operating, uh, the bourbon charity, what could you see yourself doing? I mean, I still, I own a lot of businesses. I do. I'm an entrepreneur. So I, I, you know, my real job is real estate investing. I own a, a real estate, uh, mortgage company as well. I'm starting up a, uh, another company with a social, uh, social 
means to it. It's called Do Good Stickers. Kind of, we were talking about the, some of the merch and my buddy Corey, uh, he's, he's designed some stickers. One of the things I love is doing the barrel picks and picking out the, and having Corey design the sticker. So I'm like, you know what? I have my kids and they have all these stickers all over their, you know, lunch boxes and their water bottles and stuff. I was like, you know what? I might as well have create some stickers that have a social good for it to it and uh, sell them on Amazon. So I got that going on. Uh, just a lot of different things that that um, I, I just like, I don't know, figuring things out and trying new things, I guess. So I don't think I'll stop here. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see, you know, where, you know, the charity goes um, from here, because I think now it's on two feet and it's really starting to run. And this organization um, uh, can continue to grow and just, uh, you know, I think this is just the beginning of it. You mentioned that you're an entrepreneur at heart. What other businesses have you started and how many? (laughs) (laughs) How many have I I failed at more than I've succeeded at? I'll tell you that much. And that's probably the key. Um, I, you know, I've started a video tour company back in the day when, uh, you know, when I got into real estate, I saw they had, you know, virtual tours and this is dating myself, but it looked like you were in a fish fish bowl. And I'm like, you know, there's gotta be like a commercial for this, uh, that, you know, and this is right when YouTube started, this is back in the day. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna figure out how to do these home tours of houses in like a commercial format. And so I started that, failed at that. Then I started flipping homes and got lucky at that. And then I started a corporate wellness clinics maybe three years ago. Uh, and that I failed at, <laughs> um, I don't know, just a lot of different companies. I just see, see what sticks, but you know, what they say is you fail fast. So a lot of them, you know, it's just like, let's, let's see what happens. And if it's not meant to be, you just move on to something else. For sure. For sure. Have you, have you gained a lot of like kind of skills that kind of went into the bourbon charity? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've learned a lot of skills. That's that's one thing about me. I um, I hadn't really been on social media before I started the charity. I mean, I had a, a Facebook page or, or whatnot, but that was just for my wife to tag me in, in the kids' pictures and stuff like that. So I had to learn social media. I had to ask my buddy who had a bunch of followers in real estate. He's like, what do you do? <laughs> He's like, you post a lot of content and it's got to be entertaining, informative, or funny. You, he's like, you hit one of those three, then you're good. And he's like, post every single day, multiple times a day until you get an audience. I was like, okay, I can do that. And so I read a couple books and I'm like, okay, this seems like I can do this. And you just kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, a lot of the skills, um, you know, my last before um, the charity, I, I had done corporate wellness clinics, on-site corporate wellness clinics, and I, I failed at it. But one thing that um, that I learned from it is I had been sending out these really cool wellness packages to these corporate corporate healthcare people, and they got such a great response because it was so well packaged that when I was starting to put together some of the merch and everything for the charity, I'm like, you know, what really drew people in that business that failed and one some of the things I can pick up part that I learned from it is this, this merch and how it was packaged. So when I did the first fundraiser, I said, I'm going to set aside another 20 grand of my money to send out all these gifts to people that donate. And so I had all this nice uh, Glencairns and this nice packaging 
uh, set up. And so I really blasted out all this great merch that was great marketing for the charity because people, you know, had the Glen Karen, they would see it, they would think about the charity. It was really well put together. And it's something that I filled at, you know, a couple months before at a business, but I learned an aspect from it that I'm taking to another business to be successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. As it, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long process, but it seems like you're learning every step of the way, you're taking things here and there, you know, just going with the groove. So, that's life. I mean, shoot, if you're, yeah. if you're not trying and failing, then you're not learning and succeeding. It's, it's people think it's, you have to like hit home runs and have to be successful at everything. It's not, it's, it's, it's what you pick up from when you fail is that some of the, the biggest things. And in my career, and I, I've learned um, that a lot is, is you just, you, you'd never, um, you never take a failing something that you failed at as a failure at its face value. You've took, you take what you learn from it. So has there been any major learning experiences with bourbon charity? Besides social media and not knowing social media and figuring that out. Not really. Um, it's, um, once it's now in a groove, once I had to figure out, okay, because at first when I started is like, okay, I want to do this fundraiser for my dad and I was pretty much going to be almost done with it. It, it what, but it was, it was kind of like minimum viable product when you're starting a business. It's like, okay, I, this seemed to work and now let's take it and it shouldn't let it die now because it has so much potential. And then we uh, submitted for Buffalo Trace to give us their, donate their six millionth barrel uh, bottle. Um, one of the 400 as a nonprofit, um, you can, you can register to try to get one of the bottles and we end up getting one. And so it was like, you know what, let's just see where this goes. And, and now, like I said, we're on year two and over a million dollar raise. So, you know, you just, you just don't, I guess you just don't know when you, when you start something where, where it could lead to, I guess. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. That's not yeah. your fault. Not yeah. Fault. I'm not, and I'm not trying to predict, you know, you could have said, you know, two weeks ago, March madness, I wouldn't have anything that we're doing a fundraiser and raising 20 grand right now for charity water, but it's just like, it just happens and we're just going to roll with it. We're going to learn from what we did this year. We're going to make it better next year. And I didn't know that it was going to take us 40 minutes to ask you this question, but what is your favorite bourbon? You know, I get that question often and I don't really, my favorite bourbon is usually whatever I'm go in like waves. It's like, okay, like I'll be on wild Turkey one one I'll finish the bottle and I'll be like, man, that's so good. And then I'll, I'll go to like something else and I'll, I don't really have a favorite. I, in a, like whether it's Kentucky bourbon or Texas or Tennessee, um, I am more of like an old fashioned guy, I'd say. So if you're like, you can have, you know, one bourbon. What are you going to have? Just give me an old fashioned. That's, that's what I would love. What about you guys? I know I had said this before, like chicken cock whiskey. They're one of the last guests we had on. Um, they sent us some samples and phenomenal. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're straight bourbon. I mean, oh my God. Like it was, I would say it's the best bourbon I've had. So, so good. that's probably my favorite. Also a little bit of recency bias. I mean, given that yeah. we did record with them, you know, like two weeks ago. So um, who knows what the next one will be, but for right now, that's, that's gotta be it. I'm on Frank with this one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and um, so what is like the process when you guys are like, all right, um, we need, we need this many barrels. We need like this many bottles for like a, a raffle or for an event. Um, who coordinates the logistics behind <laughs> the, the moving and shipping of those products? I, 
Unfortunately, that's me uh, right now. <laughs> I want to get out of that position at some point because it's very hard. Uh, as you know, you know, getting allocated, getting pappy is like almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple, we have to go through uh, licensed retailers, obviously, to get it, to make sure, you know, we're getting pappy and not something else. But, you know, I have connections uh, with, uh, we, we usually use uh, three different retailers that we, we buy bottles from. Um, unfortunately we have to pay uh, secondary pricing for it. I'm hoping that a trip here to Buffalo Trace Distillery soon and meeting with some of the people there and expressing kind of, you know, what we're doing as a organization, the charity where we're going with Bourbon Hood, how we're, we're, we're looking to become a hundred percent, you know, uh, nonprofit, um, public donation nonprofit. And our challenges there is that, you know, of the $160,000, $170,000 of our budget, you know, we're going to spend eighty dollars to $90,000 on bourbon. <laughs> so if, uh, if we can get access from some of these distilleries to purchase at MSRP or, you know, just have better access to not having to pay 10x for bottles, that would help our fundraising out tremendously. And that's that's the biggest priority for the charity and, and me coming up of, of making those relationships with the distilleries to get that um, to get that done. So yeah, that's kind of a loaded question. It's 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 a it's a it's a pain point for the charity when I have to spend you know two thousand dollars on a uh, Pappy fifteen. You know, I should be buying that, you know, from a retailer that we're getting the hookup from for 150 bucks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it'll come soon enough, I'm sure. It will. And like I said, we're, we're two months or t- two years into this. And, you know, with COVID, I haven't been able to go back there and meet these, you know, it's an old boys industry. You know, we, we, we need to shake hands. We need to break bread and share some bourbon and, and, and just talk in which we haven't got the opportunity to do that. So I'm looking forward to getting out there, going home, um, going to meet a lot of people in some of these distilleries and just sharing, sharing our story and, and hoping, hoping that, um, they can see the vision and, and the community and the, the great organization and the great, uh, community that we've built here. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's the the one thing that you can't really do digitally, you know? You can, that's the hard part. Um, and I know, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's the most pressing thing for the charity right now and it's going to happen. I believe me, I won't quit until, until I find a way to get us, uh, <laughs> some of our bourbon our allocated bourbon at, at, uh, at a reasonable cost. I was going to ask, like, what what is your uh, your next plan for going towards uh, meeting those distilleries? Are you going to head to Kentucky? Are you staying in Arizona? Going to Indiana? Yeah, I'll um, I'll I'm actually with the uh, there was a recent um, uh, raffle or it wasn't a raffle, it was an auction, excuse me, for a barrel of Buffalo Trace, and it was from the Franklin County Humane. Uh, shelter there in uh, Franklin County, Kentucky, where Buffalo Trace is. We've supported them with our before with our um, uh, Bourbon Derby fundraiser. Um, so when they came out with a barrel of Buffalo Trace, I'm like, well, I need to go meet some people there. <laughs> um, I'm going to buy this this uh, this barrel no matter what because I you know I want to meet people there and I want to support the Humane Shelter and what they're doing. And it'll be a great end for us making the connections there. So I've, I've bought the barrel. I just need to go do the experience and uh, make the connection. So uh, the plan is in place. Um, I, uh, 
I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, they're, they're coordinating right now with uh, Buffalo Trace on when that, that pick can happen, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get that wrapped up um, you know, sometime before the end of the summer here. Are there any like logistical issues when it comes to shipping and handling of alcohol? Oh, there's so much. This industry, <laughs> I was like, and I thought that real estate industry was messed up. And then I, I come over to this industry. I'm like, holy cow, the, the tier system. Yeah, it is. Um, I think with COVID, actually, we're seeing some of some of the some of the those laws start to break down a little bit. I don't know. If, the genie's out of the bottle if we'll go back in on some of this stuff. But yeah, there's a lot that distilleries, they have to follow, you know, retailers have to follow, we have to follow as a nonprofit. So there's a lot of logistics involved, especially doing the barrel picks. And then, you know, working with uh, distributors, you know, when we do a lot of the barrel picks, we like doing at the distillery only, but our Bourbon Hood members obviously would love to have them shipped to them. So having to find an online retailer and working with whatever distributor that is and splitting the barrels. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that uh, that has to get done um, a certain way per the industry. But it is what it is. And, and now the, the cool thing is now that we've kind of been going through it, it's like, OK, I've, I've you know, you deal with different distributors, you deal with different distilleries, you you kind of get to know how it works. So we're we're. we're we're down that rabbit hole and we're starting to figure it out a little bit, but it is, it is messy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, after, after a long night of uh, a charitable givings and maybe some celebratory uh, drinks, what's your hangover recipe the next day? I got to get a burrito and some, any kind of Mexican beer would be my thing. Dos Equis or, you know, Tecate or something. And then, uh, you know, carne asada burrito. That, 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 that'll do the trick. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my Saturday after March Madness. You know, I don't know. Fair enough. I, uh, I do love me some college hoops. Yeah. I mean, who don't? Who don't? Uh, this brisket I'm getting ready to put on, I, I tell you what, it's uh, that and some college hoops tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be in paradise. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so you do drink beer, so you're not just strictly bourbon. What other uh, what other drinks do you intake? You know, I I don't discriminate really. It's wine, beer, you know, mostly IPAs or Bud Heavies. Um, I'll do gin and tonics if I'm if I'm doing any kind of other uh, spirit uh, besides uh, bourbon. But yeah, I mean, obviously, my go to you know is an old fashioned. Like I said before, just give me. Give me some good bitters, uh, some nutmeg and clove in it, and give me a nice rye whiskey and big old ice cube and an orange peel and sunset and good day. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. Right. And so, <laughs> now, let's just say, okay, bourbon cherry is already taken. You had to come up with something else. What If you had to pick, what would be like your second option outside of bourbon? Uh, I would definitely... I bought all the domains to beercharity.org, uh, tequilacharity.org. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I was like, you know what? If this takes off in this industry, who knows if, um, you know, you, someone would want to replicate it or we could replicate it with beer charity or something like that. But I think, I think anything that centers around focusing on a niche is, is, would be cool. And I think beer would be cool. I think a trip to Oktoberfest would be cool or some of the different uh, breweries that you could do and team up with. So I think that would probably be, uh, if it wasn't bourbon, it would be beer charity. 
a true entrepreneur right there buying all the domains. <laughs> hey, cover your bases. You know, you got an intellectual property and, you know, a lot of that stuff with the charity is like, you know, I got a, I got a trademark bourbon hood. I got a trademark bourbon charity. A lot of stuff that, you know, you know, you need to do it, but you just got to, you never know. You got to, you know, got to make sure you protect your assets. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why you're a seasoned veteran. <laughs> done it before i just uh you, you just you just don't know so yeah. cross the t's dot the i's absolutely what would you say or i guess where would be the best place to get one of these old fashions you're making my mouth water with right now <laughs> where is my, so i'm in arizona i don't know if you guys have been out here before but if you do come out here northern arizona um there's a lake it's called lake powell it's my happy place. It is gorgeous. It is, um, I don't know, just uh, the water is so clean and clear and the red rock. It's just, this is gorgeous. So um, if I could have an old fashioned anywhere, it would be Lake Powell with my old man for sure. Right on. Yeah, I, uh, I actually got two buddies that actually just moved out to Arizona. So I'll be coming out there pretty soon. And then one of our, uh, our business partners, he also has a condo down there. So um, it's it's in my cards for sure. I'll be, I'll be heading down there probably definitely within the next year. Oh, definitely. If you head down and you're in the Southeast Valley, come down to come down to the headquarters of the charity. We've got a, we've got a nice setup and would love to show you around and share a dram together. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Could not think of a better time. Oh, for sure. And hopefully you got, uh, you know, ping pong game or shuffleboard or uh, let's see what we got. We got a pool table there. So hopefully there's something you can give me a, a run for my money on game wise. Oh, yeah. Our team's got some pretty competitive ping pong players. Ooh, <laughs> ping pong's my jam. <laughs> ping pong? Yeah, uh, I would say I'm, I'm pretty good. So like, I don't know how good you are, but I'm, I'm always down to, to play. <laughs> I mean, I would say I probably play daily. <laughs> Okay. All right. You might beat us. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have a training uh, robot machine. <laughs> um, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. A, I'm a little crazy. No, uh, I grew up like the the house that I grew up in. We always had a ping pong table. So for the first you know 16 years of my life, that's I played every day for hours on end. So I'm a little rusty, but uh, I think I'd give you a run for your money. Awesome. Well, we'll we'll do it. When you're out here, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say is the best, uh, we, what's the best hometown restaurant? Oh, um, my little podunk town of Salem, Indiana, definitely would be Dinner Bell. So if you're ever going through Salem, Indiana, and you get right off the square, um, we'll call it downtown, I guess. Um, there's a little little restaurant called Dinner Bell, and they make these little slider burgers. And like, we'll seriously go and order like 30 of them. And then we'll, we'll, we'll eat them and then we'll have them late night. And then you talk about, you know, what's your hangover food the next morning. These burgers are perfect. So that, that's a uh, little, little sliders from dinner bell. Oh yeah. That sounds phenomenal. If you're yeah. having them three meals in a row, they gotta be good. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Got your own like crave case pretty much getting 30 of them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And they're not like White Castle. I don't know. It's just like, you know how they do smash burgers. I mean, they're just, I don't know. You just crush them though. It's like two bites and it's gone. Uh huh. I was going to ask what uh, the most thrill-seeking thing you've done, but that, I mean, that pretty much you can't top that. <laughs> thrill-seeking thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've done, you know, I'm a 
I like action. So I've, you know, done the skydiving and all that and bungee jumping and all that. I think the most extreme thing I did was probably the rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon and uh, under under 24 hours. So you, wow. you you hike, you start at the south rim, you go all the way to the north rim, then you turn back, you go all the way back to the south rim. It is like, it's pretty intense. How dry is it out there? <laughs> it, it's pretty dry, but I was not very intelligent when I did it. And I did it over Thanksgiving and didn't realize the difference in temperature on the north rim and the south rim. So it was like over a foot of snow on the North Rim when I did it. And of course, it was completely shut down because it was freezing and of course didn't have enough gear. But but yeah, those, that, was a, that was probably the most thrill-seeking thing I've done or, or, or at least the uh, most you know, strenuous from a, a physical standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you said you did skydiving and bungee. So like, yeah, you got, you got some to choose from for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, you know, climbing trees as a kid type person. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're, you're definitely the opposite of me. Um, <laughs> you're climbing trees, being outside and enjoying the weather. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're gaming. Yeah. Gaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just not climbing trees outside. <laughs> <laughs> climbing with a Ouija board. I don't know. Just anything that's probably inside, preferably with AC. It sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, speaking yeah. of ouija boards have you had any ghost stories that you've encountered any ghosts that you've encountered over the past years dang ghost um i don't i've never encountered a ghost um i would say i encountered my uh angel i mean i guess my guardian angel I, when I was a kid, I was on a, uh, a quad and my cousin was in town and he had a exchange student staying with them from France and didn't speak hardly any English. I was like, oh, get on this quad and, you know, just drive. And just flying down this hill, didn't see a stop sign and just like went straight off this embankment that was a creek bed. And for some reason, like I knew we were going off this embankment and straight into this this creek bed and for some reason like went dark and we ended up missing the creek bed but it still ran straight into a tree and really messed us up but like if we had went off that creek off that bridge into the creek bed we would have been probably wouldn't have made it so that was probably my only experience was something that was like this 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 is weird (laughs) it wasn't meant to happen someone's watching over me there's there's guardian angel or ghost or whatever the good lord's taking care of me on this one (laughs) Yeah. What about you guys? I mean, Dan, I mean, I think you have more than I do. I got a few. Okay, I'll, I'll say one that I don't think I've said on the podcast yet. So my so my family is originally from West Virginia. Well, my, my father's side is. And so uh, we went out camping out in the area. And there's this really cool bike path where you can go into these tunnels where it's just a straight tunnel. Uh, they can go anywhere from two tenths of a mile to over half a mile. So, you know, you could see from end to end, but the thing is when you're in the middle of it, it's just this really weird illusion where you, you know that you're going forward, but it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere because all you can see is the exit of the tunnel. Super creepy. So we rented out these bikes and uh, the bike, the bike shop owner told us that one of the tunnels were haunted and we we're like, Oh, that's, that's just fascinating. That's great. So, um, we, <laughs> we go through the tunnels 
we went through either two or three of them and everything was fine. It was really cool. And then on our way back through the final tunnel, which was also the longest tunnel, uh, my dad tells my brother, hey, Tommy, what are the odds that you go to the end of the tunnel and all the way back, uh, like without your bike and just run through and run back? He's like, oh, it's ten dollars. <laughs> so, uh, sure enough, he went all he went almost all the way through. He went about halfway through, and then you just hear him yelling, running and just uh, yelling at the top of his lungs, running back. And when he comes back, he's like, yeah, I definitely saw a a woman in like a white gown that was glowing. Yeah. She looked right at me, and it was really creepy. <laughs> and so uh, when we get back to the bike shop. We, because we initially thought that it was like the third or fourth tunnel that was haunted, and we we told uh, the bike owner what happened about how we saw my brother saw this this like figure that was in a, like a gown and everything, and so he went on to tell us a story about how apparently uh, the story went that in that first tunnel a apparently a woman that was going to get married got ran over by a train that was like right above that tunnel that so that happens so that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah uh no thanks i i don't do scary movies <laughs> i'm like my brother we like can't even watch jurassic park like that's that's like that's too scary <laughs> 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 I'm not, i don't do ghosts or scary scary stuff like that i'd be out of there all right so playing with a ouija board is not in your wheelhouse no no not in my wheelhouse <laughs> um i've had like small like instances um the last house that I lived in um, after graduating college, we uh, it was like this house that was built like early 1900s. Like you know, you know the houses like you know, back mm-hmm. in engineering, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like these houses are like getting close to 100 years old. Um, like just weird shit would happen. Just uh, medicine cabinet would be open. Like you'd come home and uh, like the air vents. Like the, I'm talking about, like the old the, the old school like metal air vents that were along the the ground. Those would be like removed from the wall like two or three feet. Lights would go on and off like at their own will and um, like drawers being opened, like like a medicine cabinet. So just really weird, like just small stuff that would happen all the time. Um, But nothing, nothing like crazy like Dan. So yeah, Yeah, hopefully you got some goosebumps now. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bring it back to the bourbon charity now. Um, Like I said, this podcast episode is going to release a couple days before the Kentucky Derby. Well, I guess the bourbon Derby. What are, what are your plans for this event? Um, raise a lot of money. I, I, think, right. <laughs> I think that's the goal is, is, you know, I, I, let's see in September, I think we raised a little over a hundred grand. So, you know, can we, can we top what we did last time? And, you know, you know, um, I'm, I'm just hoping for an, another great showing. I'm hoping that, uh, we can support a lot of great organizations in, in Kentucky and, um, and I think it'll be fun. Uh, who doesn't love the Derby? I mean, I actually today in the mail just got my bur- my uh, Derby hat today. My wife's like, you already got your Derby hat? I'm like, you can't plan soon enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> have well, you been to Kentucky Derby before? I have. I have. Man, that is one thing that's like on my family's like bucket list, I guess. Like my parents just um, have just never gone, but they really want to. So um yeah I, I definitely want to make it out there pretty soon and like you said it's like one of those things where like even if you're not in like the equestrian game like everybody still tunes in like who doesn't have a drink and watch you know some horses run right oh yeah you know it, it's it's super fun i've never i've always been in the infield i haven't uh you know put on the 
put on the uh, nice clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just a great experience. Just the whole, the vibe of that place is just electric. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Who doesn't love a mint julep too? Yeah. Um, well, what are your uh, day-to-day responsibilities looking like uh, for the next month, getting in, getting into preparation mode here? Uh, you know, really, it's just teeing up the, um, since we're also doing some Yeti products, um, you know, just submitting like, you know, the nonprofit paperwork to get to work with Yeti, um, stuff like that of getting some of that supplies. And we'll, all, you know, probably already start playing ahead really for the, the Father's Day because there's a lot of stuff that's already been done for the uh, Bourbon Derby coming up. We've got all the bourbon already. Uh, so it's just last minute details, finishing up with this this March Madness uh, fundraiser that we're doing, um, getting that out. And, you know, just uh, just again, getting uh, getting the schedule planned out where we can just keep these fundraisers going and uh, keep collaborating with great, um, great distilleries and, um, you know, great uh, other organizations that want to support us. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, after hours, we'll be, we'll be donating a little bit here and there and, um, we'll be watching closely. We're going to try and publicize this as much as possible. So, uh, make sure everybody go check it out, donate, uh, join the bourbon hood too. And, um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for, for being a guest on our show today. And if there's any other points that we've missed, I mean, bring them up now, please. So how long have you guys been doing this uh, podcast? Um, our, yeah, I was going to say, uh, 420, um, April 20th of 2020 was the first episode that released. Um, we had started in late 2019, like November, October time, mm-hmm. I think. Just like build up some episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had like, we had like seven or eight in the backlog when we first, cause we were going to do it weekly. Right. So we wanted to make sure we had extras. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, officially I would say like just over a year. That's awesome. So what's, uh, what's it like having a podcast? Is it, is it, I, I feel like it's probably a pretty competitive um, industry and market to be in with, with a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a pretty saturated industry. Uh, but the thing is like, if you could find that niche, then you're, you're set. It's definitely a good time. The best part about it all is you get to meet really great people uh, and just hear their stories. So it's definitely, definitely a really good time. Yeah. And like Dan said, like the, the niche that we found, um, I mean, just a great one, like, um, from people that we've interviewed, like in person, like at bars and restaurants, and then people we've met, like all across from like New Zealand. Right. Um, the food and beverage industry as a whole is just like really like wholesome, always trying to help, um, pushing through connections, like where they can. So, um, very fortunate that we found like this group of people that we've worked closely with. And, um, yeah, I, I'd say just like the community as a whole has been probably my favorite experience or your favorite part of this. Yeah, I would think uh, you, you get into meeting some pretty cool people, like you said, and, and some pretty cool stories. And, you know, I'm sure everyone has a pretty good bourbon story, too. So I'm sure you get to hear some pretty cool stuff. Oh, yeah. All the time. So mm-hmm. that's pretty sweet. Um, luckily, we have like a, a pretty well-rounded team. Uh, Dan, I mean, you you probably bear most of the responsibility when it comes to the the audio side of this, right? All, all the post-production stuff. Yeah. Make everything sound pretty. Yep. <laughs> and then also you do our social media and, um, well, you have a, an extensive background like in the Adobe creative suite. So, um, when it comes to making like any visuals or graphics, uh, I mean, Dan kills it. So, um, we had, a, we got a pretty great team. 
Nice. And what, what do you guys do? What's your regular jobs? Well, uh, Dan and I and five of our other buddies, we started a software development company here in Toledo, Ohio, uh, Winhouse Software. So we've been operating now ooh, close to like 24 months now. So just under like two years. Um, so anything from, I mean, uh, mobile apps to desktop apps, websites, um, APIs. I mean, we also do like a lot of design work as well. Um, branding, um, media kits. So that's where our skill set lies is in software. Um, yeah. And that's our day job. And then luckily we also have a great team that can, you know, support the podcast as well. So this is something that we do on the side. Something to do after hours. No, that's really cool. That's, that's cool. And it seems like there is some overlap in what you're, you do in software, at least, uh, somewhat in, the in the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, we got, we got a pretty great team and Toledo, Ohio is actually like, when you think of like, like Ohio, you probably think of like Cincinnati, Columbus, um, and like Cleveland, right. The three big right. cities, but Toledo's on the, on the rise right now. And, um, second most affordable city in the nation. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That was actually, that article just got published what, like a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Toledo's on the up right now and, um, meeting a lot of great people in the software space and in the food and beverage industry. So, um, we're really happy to be here and, um, it, it'll blow up. I, I guarantee you in the next five years, Toledo will be a pretty like mainstream city that people talk about. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like Toledo, I guess I would probably be, yeah, the next city after the cities you mentioned that I might think of, mm-hmm. you know, Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then we're only 45 minutes south of Detroit or like an hour south of Detroit. So um, whenever there's a chance for us to get involved in different um, organizations, incubators, different like networks, um, it actually works out really, really well. Um, we are in a couple different uh, incubators and accelerators for budding entrepreneurs. So like Tech Town Detroit, Jumpstart Toledo, um, cool. Cleveland as well. So um, we're, we're really starting to like, I guess, pave our path here and uh, entrepreneurs at heart. So it's really what it is. That's the only way to be, man. I tell you what, you can, working for the man ain't no way to, to live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to a buddy. He's like, uh, he's like, what are you doing? Something. He's taking a trip. I was like, oh, what are you doing the rest of the time? He's like, I got to work. He's like, I only get 20, 20 days off a year. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's definitely the best part. I mean, you can, you can work with your friends. It's flexible. Um, then also too, I, it just makes the entire experience just more enjoyable. Um, obviously like having, you know, crucial conversations at work. Um, it's just, it's a lot easier to communicate your thoughts with the people that like you trust and that you're also like able to be friends with outside of work. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, uh, I tried a software company back in the day. Didn't, didn't end up working out really, but we, uh, took the software in house and, and that's what we still use today. so it's again, one of those things that failed. We tried to create like, you know what Zillow is? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So take the MLS data and tax data. We married it together and we were trying to come up with what the house could be worth to its utmost of potential to fix and flip it. So we didn't care what the average price was. We wanted to know what the maximum price you could get for a house was. So we wrote code to do all that stuff and we had had it in like 10 different markets and like, you know, Texas and Florida and all these hedge funds that were buying up real estate back in the day and barely missed the boat, but we took it in house and we use the software today to find all our deals. But, um, 
yeah, it's that's a it's a fun industry, especially when you can just outgrind someone with a little. It's probably harder now with some of the scrapers and what people have nowadays. But back in the day, oh, it was it was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Well, again, like I said, like Toledo being like not one of those like mainstream cities, like we don't really have an issue getting work in the area. And now we're getting to the point where we're um, pretty much nationwide as well. So um, it is a little bit harder. But again, just knowing your niche and being Mm -hmm. able to provide your services to the the best of your ability. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Definitely uh, have to check out your guys' service if I I know if we ever... never know i could be in need uh and i don't even know it on, on certain things but i'll i'll definitely get your information and uh oh, sure i'm always uh doing something that i, I have a need for something <laughs> i mean that's the great part about software is you can always be innovative and there's really no limits to that so yeah we got your back don't worry all right yeah sounds good guys appreciate it yeah man thank you so much for being on the show uh brandon hunt founder of the bourbon charity uh appreciate you man I uh, appreciate you guys and look forward to uh, continuing to have this relationship and talk some more after we uh, raise some more money. All right, After Hours Nation, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to stay updated, you can check out our site at afterhourscast.com. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday morning for our next episode. After Hours Nation, stay thirsty, my friends.